Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 130. I'm Sean. Joined with me, we have Tony Katz. Yes. And the off-road Andy. I like those big, even numbers. Are those, those uh, what do you call it, a factor of 10? 130. Pretty good. It's another decade. 13 decades. Yeah. We're getting up there. It's, uh, yeah. it's pretty intense. Older than any human ever. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's like some random like Chinese person or something. Yeah. The Chinese people like have the oldest people. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the science. I wonder if there's. I feel like a lot of Chinese people live to be pretty aggressively old. Yeah, yeah. They, they definitely do. <clears throat> but they're always like hiding themselves from the sun and yeah. doing weird things with how they eat and drink and weird little. Spells, pretty much. So also, I'm spells. pretty convinced. I've said this before. I think they're aliens. Yeah. And I'm going to stand by that. Wow. So 130 is pretty old. <clears throat> you know what also is another old age? Um, 129. 40. 40. But you got to think of the context here. UFC fighters being 40 years old. Oh. So, uh, yes. It's this getting is, up there. This is the sports podcast. And uh, that happens to be the age of one Daniel Cormier. And, yes, uh, uh, Daniel Cormier was the champion, and he was going against, uh, <clears throat> what was his name? Darko Milicic. It's Stipe Milicic. We're not a... It's a, it's a uh, one of those names, like Darko <clears throat> yeah, Milicic. We're not a... That's UFC the joke. is not our... Uh, uh, his first name is Stipe, suit. I remember that. Yeah, Stipe. Really quick, uh, the oldest person is a, a Japanese person who is 116, 230 days. Currently? Yep. Or is he at? As of the 20th of August. And he lives in Irvine? No. <laughs> Probably in Japan. Uh, his name is Kane Tanaka of is Japan. Ed Smith. <laughs> the <laughs> oldest known living man. And then uh, wait, and then also is Gustav Gurneth, his uh, 113, so a little bit younger, but a German man. So this guy was like 40 when the n- nuclear bombs hit. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking intense. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, Maybe that's what gave him the power. Maybe he'll never die. Yeah, there's your random fact right there. I watched Chernobyl. And let's not chance that. Okay. I don't want to go out the way they did. No, no one wants that to radiation. Out. Don't fuck with it. But anyways, uh, uh, we got to share this. So it looks okay. like the oldest person ever was 130. No, okay. 117 and 137 days. Oh, so he's going for the record. Yeah. And was he also a Japanese man? That was a woman. I mean, yeah, how were my manners? Italian woman. Oh, she must have just drank she, wine all day and ate yeah, pizza. She, she died uh, back in 2017. She was born in 1899. That's crazy being born in that. Like, you're yeah. just, you've seen so much shit. You watched Jackie <laughs> Robinson break the color barrier when you were like 60 almost. So this has been our uh, age podcast. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, so Daniel Cormier, I, we're, like I said, we're not, UFC is not our strong suit. It's probably one of our weakest in sports knowledge, but. We did get, watch both the fights, and Daniel Cormier. Well, there's and, more. We watched the, the top two. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we watched yeah. the two main fights, and Daniel. Some of the super fans would be very upset. They like that, like the, the one blood. that starts at seven o'clock. Okay, well, really enough for the super fans. Yeah, but we watched uh, the two main fights, and uh, Daniel Cormier was the champion going against Stipe, and uh, they even said Stipe. Usually, those fights, those heavyweight fights, don't usually last very long. But this one got into the fourth round. It was a very good fight. And they said Cormier was leading through three rounds, but then Stipe landed a punch, shook him up, and then got him against the cage and finished him off with a barrage of punches and uh, <clears throat> sent him home, packing. Yeah, so uh, the uh, winner there, Stipe, had a uh, pretty significant size advantage and reach advantage, but not you know total weight that Cormier was the little stouter, stronger wrestling type. And so it seems like his strategy should have been get close, take him down. And that's how he started off the fight. But then at the end, I don't know, he was, you know, letting himself get hit. And yeah, he, he wasn't, he was very cocky in the fight. He, well, they said that during one of the, you know, the breaks there when he's in the corner, uh, his guy was telling him like stuff to do. And he says, and he just said like, am I winning the fight? Am I winning the fight? Basically saying like, 
Yeah, leave. Like me I'm alone. winning in points, so fuck off. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. And he was telling him, "Keep your hands up," and he yeah. just didn't acknowledge it. And then even when it <clears throat> was over, even afterwards, he wasn't even letting like the ref really like touch him to like have him. You know, usually the refs will touch both guys' hands and then lift one guy's ups, and he didn't even like really want the ref to be touching him. And he was drinking a monster out there, also. Yeah, that's that's why this sport is just so weird. Where <laughs> he like had to. I think he must have been part of the deal. He had to drink a monster, win or lo- win or lose out there during that moment so you know yeah and anyway well tony's having some microphone problems <laughs> yeah this thing's all low it's not very tight but by the way i hate to uh we often give out false information oh boy i gave out false information you know, Dobby, you've been giving out a lot of false yeah. information lately <laughs> so the oldest woman ever was actually 122 <laughs> and she was a french woman she died in 97 Okay, so she, she was, was born in 1875. Oh, wow. She also saw a lot of shit. Good grief. She yeah. died just before the greatest home run season in baseball history between home run race yeah. between Sosa and McGuire. Sure. That's what she was sad about. Yeah. I'm sure we were going to get a lot of tweets about the, hey, get it right. So there you go. But, uh, so yeah, so Cormier lost, which I honestly I think was happy with, especially with how he acted. But the fight before, is it? Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz? It was Nate. <laughs> Nate Diaz versus uh, Anthony Pettis, I believe. And uh, it was Nate Diaz's first fight in three years. And it happened to get to be in Southern California. He's from the California area. So it was a fight that meant a lot to him. He had a lot of home crowd people cheering for him, a lot of friends and family. And uh, he beat him. It was a good fight. And there was a time in that fight where it looked like the ref could have called it because it looked like Diaz had him. And that ref uh, didn't call it. He let it keep going. And that was probably, I want to say, like, early, like they only do three rounds in that. So I want to say that was the towards second. the end of the second round. Like, I want to say within the last, like, 30 seconds or 40 seconds of the second round. And he let it keep going. And then it ended up being a good fight in the third. And Nate Diaz ended up getting the best of him and ended up winning. So it was pretty good for him. But, uh. Like I said, we are not UFC people. It's just the fact that we happened to get to watch the fight. So, yeah, it was kind of exciting that it was uh, just in our backyard here. So, yeah, that also it was uh, the place it was at is about like five yep. miles from us, four miles. My parents happened to go to the Angels game. And they're like, "What is going on here?" They didn't realize <laughs> when they were leaving that. Yeah, there's a different crowd that would have been going to that, that fight. Also, yeah, can only imagine how the places uh, were around afterwards. But uh, anyway. You had some uh, some other sports news we had to get to. The stuff we actually know about, our bread and butter. Yeah, which I think is basketball. That's what we we talk about it the most. I like we had all of our bread and butter. We had a, uh, a big story happen here locally. Uh, you know, it was, it was a big deal what, who the Lakers were going to fill out the roster after, you know, they had Anthony Davis, LeBron. What are they going to do? And I think one of the big gets for them was DeMarcus Cousins, multiple-time All-Star, coming off like a bunch of series of injuries. You know, they got him really cheap. But the guy can be a total mismatch. One of the most talented players, I think. Went healthy. I mean, yeah, he's coming. He was coming off of uh, a uh, bad injury, the Achilles. So he had Achilles. He, had he didn't calf. come back until when did he even come back for the Warriors this year? It was like, like January. Was it that early? I think he was. He was January very limited though. But yeah, yeah, twenty minutes a game. Never played, and, and then. He kind of got banged up again, I know, in the playoffs He hurt his calf stuff. early on, and he probably shouldn't have come back, but it was the NBA Finals. The guy wanted to win. I can't I can't fault him for that. Yeah. I mean, we saw it. They all wanted to come back too early. Um, I don't think he ever really got his leg fully healed no, after he that Achilles. He ended didn't. up uh, tearing his ACL in just a little, like, practice. And, I mean, likely out for the season. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's he really should take some time off, try to – salvage a career out of this because this is getting it's getting scary for him yeah it really is and then also it's like you know he never really i mean i don't remember what his contract the biggest contract he had in sacramento was but he got lately, like a four-year 80 million or something so he's made a good that's amount. good but it's like last year you know he signs one year for what like seven million or something for golden state yeah. and then the contract he was going to have for the lakers was also very cheap like one year 10 million ish or something I think like it was that. three i think it was okay, really three, low so my whole point is he's been keep signing these little one year deals and now it's like he's in a spot where that might be all he's gonna ever be getting for the rest of his career if, unless things change in like three years and he does kind of what Derrick Rose did, come back from multiple injuries and then be able to like sign a pretty decent contract again in your life like he just did with Detroit. But I think even then, if he if he comes back twenty twenty and it's pretty good, he's still not gonna get a long term deal and he'll be thirty. It's 
I don't think he's gonna ever get big money, but no. he's, he'll make this year not playing a game. He'll make more than you know I'm making a lot of time. So yeah, can't be too sad about that. Yeah, but then they have a lot different spending habits than you do. Like they say, yeah. when you have more money, it's not like these guys are saving a lot of it, Andy. They're buying Lamborghinis, Ferraris. Me. They're going to strip clubs. They're buying, you know, $10 million homes with eight bedrooms and 11 baths. You know, DeMarcus has some problems, I think, personality-wise. I don't see him as that kind of guy, though. I kind of feel like he didn't blow his money, that he's just kind of... He's really intense, and I think he cares. he cares about basketball really more than... yeah. That stuff. Um, well, you hope so. So, Lakers, what are they going to do? There's some little rumblings about Dwight Howard, maybe. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I think as Laker fans, Sean and I, I don't yeah, do think we, we want, want that to happen because we saw it happen the first time and it was not good. And I don't see any reason why it would be any better this time around. Well, yeah. Right now, whether they're left with JaVale McGee and what else do they have? Yeah, no, I know. And that's the thing. So is they're gonna they're gonna convince AD he's gotta play some center. We're gonna do some small lineups. It's gonna be they're gonna have to do some things like that. And I don't know if they're definitely gonna have to go out and find something or someone. Even if it ends maybe maybe one of these D League guys Petrulia? steps up or something. Truly out there? <laughs> yeah, I mean he could you trip just, some people. Yeah, you just need big dumb guys just out there for you know, clogging up the paint sometimes. And I think that's kind of what they think about with Howard is even if he's not going to be a really productive guy, at least he's a body down there. Gives Davis some rest. Maybe he gets a block or two here and there. I mean, Dwight was actually rebounds. pretty solid. Not this last year. He was hurt most of that. But, but the year yeah, before, Charlotte. Charlotte, I think he was like 14 and 12 or something. Yeah. And I mean, if that's if those are if that's the Dwight Howard the Lakers can get, then that's that's not a bad backup at all, because you're going to need to give Davis some some rest, because yeah. this year, assuming everyone stays healthy, Lakers are going to the playoffs finally for the first time in. Yeah. what seems like forever mm-hmm. but they're going in there this year and it's they're gonna need you know you're not gonna want a tired davis coming to the playoffs because you know lebron's starting to get up there he's got a big workload and we'll see how lebron actually does this year i think he actually you know this was the first time in forever that lebron didn't go far in the playoffs so he had, and he was injured a lot of the year so this was the one year where actually this past season where lebron actually got a decent amount of rest so i almost i've been telling people that He's one of those guys that I, I think I saw recently. He's like eight to one or something to be MVP. That honestly might not be a horrible bet because I could, you know, maybe I'm being a little biased, but I could see him having one of those years where he just puts in a full mold mode because he's excited that he's playing with another superstar. It's his second year in LA, kind of getting used to some things, and you know he was pretty well rested from this past season. So we'll see. Yeah, I think they're really maybe. They, yeah, I was gonna say maybe they bring back the. Uh, Always amazing, uh, Bynum. Yeah, I'm sure he's, he's not a, dead. Well, um, he's a cheap get. <laughs> for what it's worth, Lamar Odom, I think, recently said he's going to stop watching porn and get back into shape or something like well, that. Well, I'll so. be. There we go. Let's get well, Derek Fisher coming out I, I've been saying that for years myself, but <laughs> it's a lot harder than it seems. Maybe we'll talk about players they do have and we know will be on the team next year. Yeah. Like Kyle Kuzma, they're going to Oh yeah, need a lot out of and him. That's and that's why I think it's not like that big of a thing because they're still going to have a three-headed monster. I think Kuzma's going to have a big season this he year. He said this is going to be his year. Yeah, and you're going to have – and then you have Davis LeBron. So they have, in my opinion, the three-headed monster. They still have some depth with Quinn Cook. Caruso. You know, we'll see, Caruso, Rondo. You got uh, Danny Green, which was the big pickup. Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley. I forgot <laughs> about him. You know, it's going to be – If Avery a, Bradley does anything for you, I'm going to be mad, but um. – <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Kuzma, right now he's battling for one of the final roster spots on Team USA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got so a, this one year of those is, years. It's the uh, FIBA World Cup year. So, you know, there's the Olympics, and then two years after that is the World Cup. Then two years after that is the Olympics again, and that's we're on that cycle right now. The Olympics are a bigger deal. The big stars play. The World Cup is not as much of a big deal, at least in the U.S., so a lot of guys the US uh, can still out. put out a roster, but I was actually looking at the futures bet, and because of that, because of the fact that it is more of young guys for the U.S., they're actually not huge favorites to win it. I think they, I want to say they were like minus two fifty or something like that. So that means like you know for the big betters out there, assuming they're able to like put out a lot of uh, a lot of bets, you know, I'm like big bets, I should say. Like you could, if you're confident in that, there could be some guys out there that throw down a few grand. Well, there's a ton of. Really good talent outside the U.S. So yeah. Giannis is going to play. I think Doncic no, is I'm playing Jokic. Gonna, I'm going to have to almost cheer for Greece then. Yeah. So there's just a, 
And then Spain. So the U.S. just played a uh, exhibition against Spain this last weekend. And they Spain barely still won, has a right? great team. Yeah, it was, it was a good competitive. Did they game. still have Rudy Fernandez. So Rudy Fernandez is playing. Marcus Saul, Ricky Rubio. So I'll just Sergio Lowell. Give like those out really quick. Like the top teams here. So the U.S. is favored at minus two fifty. Like I said, and then believe it or not, the team that's next. You had Croatia. Even, you haven't even mentioned yet. Three to one, Serbia. I just said Serbia and Croatia. Did you say Serbia? Yeah, I think. Who's on the Serbian uh, team? Serbian is Bogdanovic. And well, got to, are, are the both brothers on the team? And Jokic. Oh, what about Mitrovic? Is he Serbian? Who? Mitrovic. Mirtic, I'm sorry. Mitrovic Mirtic. is a soccer player on Croatia's team. I mean, There's I'm just not so many of them. Yeah. Jeez. He's a good um, soccer player, though. I don't know. I mean, they're all well, those. Well, if you really do. If they combine to Yugoslavia again, that team would be incredible. If you. <laughs> I do believe in Giannis being able to carry an entire team in this tournament. Greece is going off at 10 to 1 odds. Yeah. And then Spain at 12 to 1. So, I don't know. I don't, I, mean, wanna... I don't think those are horrible odds for Giannis, if you believe in it. I mean, the Greeks, uh, I'm Greek. You know, we like to play basketball. No, I'm sure they have other guys. Kalathis is still playing. He's, uh, you know, ditched the NBA a while ago. But I'm going to look at the uh, U.S. team. Like I said, a lot of players have dropped out. I think the best player in their camp had been De'Aaron Fox, who dropped out after the game last Friday. Why is that? Just because they don't want to risk getting hurt? You see, DeMarcus. Yeah. See, you know what I almost wondered? Do you think it could spook some people that DeMarcus Cousins injury? Like he goes and gets hurt in practice, and do you think some coaches or some players are kind of like, eh, maybe this isn't worth it to me? Yeah, I think also Paul George had that injury during yeah. this cycle. That was a that was one a that big was a thing. Bad one. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of guys who've but I agree. Just don't want to play. If like, you're not going for a gold medal. I think a lot of people just don't care as much. Yeah, some some of the other big names, the uh, like the entire Boston Celtics, but uh, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are all on the team. Uh, Kuzma's on the team, but then you got like Plumlee's playing and stuff like that. It's yeah. it's and the, the roster's not finalized yet. But it's not. And when does this tournament actually start? It starts August 31st. Oh, so uh, Labor Day weekend. September 1st is the uh, first game for U.S. Which but, is uh, a Sunday? Yeah. I think so. Yep. It should be a Sunday. Uh, yes, it is. And then that Monday is Labor Day. Yeah. But it's going to be. So where are these games being played? Oh, man. I think China. Oh, wow. <laughs> Forgot all the that. old people. Like a lot of different places in China. I listened to Windhorst on a podcast and he was, surprisingly enough, he was very nervous he wasn't going to find anything he liked to eat there in China. <laughs> it's like, it's like, really? I thought I'm you sure. weren't that picky. And he's I'm like, sure he'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, Windhorst. I, I love that guy. One of my favorites. Yeah, no, so. He's uh, definitely something. But I, I like watching these these games. I really liked the, like the 2010 team and... It had a huge influence because a lot of these guys played together. KD, I think, was the star of the team. But you had, like, Curry, and um, I think that's where KD met DeAndre Jordan, who is now going to be on his team. Oh, is he? Yeah. DeAndre Jordan's going to the Warriors? No, the Nets. I said KD. Oh, I thought you, then I thought you said Curry. Yeah, I said, yeah, mixing them up. I'm just saying that it was, it was kind of a lot of the, the big guys from that era. Your LeBron, Wade, Kobe. Didn't want to play, so the younger guys, you know, came in and they had some tough games, but they ended up winning. So I think I like that the World Cup is is lesser. Some of like some of the upper comers, it's not the top guys playing, but it's still amazing talent. And they're still going to be the favorite regardless because they'll still have the just the depth of talent there. Yeah. Cool. Looking forward to it. Should we? Uh Switch gears to some MLB. Yeah, we got just a little, one little thing to talk about with baseball, and that's the uh, really exciting home run race. It's not as exciting as mentioned earlier in the '98 Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, but but uh, yeah, I was actually I'm actually glad because uh, you wanted to talk about this also because uh, I was actually talking about my uncle today. We've got four guys with forty in the forties, I should say, not with forty, but you got Pete Alonso that I think has exactly forty. Mike Trout has forty-one. Yelich has 41 or two. He has 41. And then Bellinger has 42, I think. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, with still a month and a half to go, I, I don't see how all four of them don't hit 50. 
Yeah, they should. Despite, in, uh, you know, no injuries occurring. But it seems like Bellinger hits one or two home runs a week. Same with Yelich. Same with Trout. And Alonzo, it look, I think, slowed down a little bit in the second half. But he looks like he's starting to get it going again. And uh, he should be the clear cut for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think he's done enough at this point. It's kind of been. And I think uh, I know there were some people that were saying that, like, if you look at the numbers, like Tatis, but Tatis was hurt too much, and now he's already shut down for the year. Yeah, Tatis is out for the year now. He's so the Padres are, you know, telling him like, "Hey, man, it's all right next season, but he'll be a future star." But uh, yeah, but uh, out of the four of them, and I already have a feeling I know who he'll pick. Who is going to end up winning the race? And will either of them get to sixty? I don't think anyone's getting to 60. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Mike Trout. Really? I don't think he cares that much, but he doesn't have much else to play for. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's an angel ever hit 50. I don't think so. I think they've had a lot of guys get to I think 40. Gloss had 47, and I think that yeah. was the record. So I think... And he won it that year for the he's gonna want. He's going to want to get the record. I think he's going to want to get at least above 50. And... I mean, at this point, like, why? There's nothing else. Just yeah, give, give the I, uh, fans a show because I think he cares about that. With me, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard because I mean, I want to say Bellinger, but then it's kind of like they're so far ahead that what if it? I mean, are they pretty far ahead of the number two spot also? Uh, well, they did lose two out of three to the Braves, which hurts that. But I think there's still probably eight or nine. Yeah, so there. I think what's going to end up happening with them is they're going to go into the last couple of weeks of the season, last week. Yeah, with... but they're neck and neck with the Yankees for number one overall record. Oh, okay, that's right, because the All Star game doesn't decide it anymore. Yeah. Okay, so there's always that. But I mean, Yelich, it's just like I like Yelich batting in front of Mustakis, who also has 30 home runs. So he's not. So he's doing well. But I mean, I don't know. And then Alonzo just. I think if the teams will maybe get to a point this year where it's kind of like uh, just, but the, I don't know. The Mets, the Mets are still are they still fighting for a wild card spot? Because I know they were hot. But yeah, yeah, they're still technically in it. I think they're actually only two out. And I did want to talk talk about the wild card standings. I think we'll do that next week. Okay. So give well, a little uh, update on that. But but I think uh, I'll just I'll uh, my gut's telling me Yelich again. So I'm just gonna all right stick with saying I think Yelich will do it. It just seems like every night he's hitting home runs or hitting the ball hard somewhere so i also think milwaukee's ballpark seems to be like out of all four of those parks the most hitter friendly so i think he'll end up doing it but uh really quickly also with baseball i also wanted to just talk about the washington nationals red hot they uh scored 14 runs on saturday night in a losing effort then the next night they come out or next day i should say it was a morning or afternoon game Yesterday, they go out and score 16 runs. So that's 30 runs in two games. Today, they are currently in the top of the seventh inning, and they have 11 runs. So that is 41 runs in the last three games. And that's just insane. That is quite a run of runs. (laughs) No pun intended there. I think it was intended. Yeah. But it's pretty crazy. I know you've said, you know, they were one of those teams that looked kind of hurting and now they're hot and you've even said that's a team that kind of scares you and i know everyone who knows you knows you're a huge dodger guy so and that's a team that i feel like if they were to get to the wild card spot and win that game and they would have a great chance road or home because of max scherzer being on the hill that's a team that could face the dodgers in the first round and i mean if they're this hot they have the good pitching i mean you never know especially in baseball baseball and hockey are the two sports that i feel like are really unpredictable in the playoffs because you never know how certain people are going to hit or pitch. And then in hockey, you don't know like what goalies are going to get hot, what teams are just going to start scoring. So I, I think that would have potential to be a pretty good series. I think it would be very fitting if they finally had some playoff success. I mean, they'd have to get there first because of, of Harper being gone. Yeah. Because they've been, they've been very good over the last eight years and just haven't had any playoff success. Yeah. Now Harper's gone and it, you could see why they were ready to let Harper go with yeah. Robles and Soto, two 21-year-olds, 20-year-olds maybe. It's They just have a ton of young talent there that's and it's finally, st- finally starting to hit. And then that bullpen, which was, was maybe one of the worst bullpens like I've ever seen, you knew that was just random that it was that bad. Like There's still not like a ton of talent back there, but it shouldn't have been as bad as it had been, and now it's kind of stabilized, so they're winning games. 
But they're not going to keep up a 10-run a game pace. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, and having no bullpen, especially in the playoffs, is going to come back to haunt them. They still have a good closer. Like, yeah, and, I, and like you just said, they did go get bullpen help, but it's just still it's still ranked the bottom of the league in bullpen. You know, it hasn't improved to the point where they've started climbing in the bullpen rankings. But well, they're in such a big hole. Yeah, no, that yeah, that team had like almost like a six bullpen ERA. I remember, it was, I think it's Trevor Rosenthal who went like eight appearances to start the season without getting an out, which is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. That was like me in softball when I pitched. <laughs> yeah. I still have an infinity ERA out there, but uh, but yeah. So it'll it'll definitely be a good wild card finish in both sides, but then I think the National League one will be a little bit more exciting. So what else uh, do we got here? Well, I think it's about time to get some NFL talking. Yeah, I want to start with a little bit of a, a down story. Um, so last week, Steelers wide receivers coach Daryl Drake passed away. He's only 62 years old. And, you know, just, you know, people from the sport are, you hear about people dying, and you're like, oh, well, you know, they're a former player. We even had a somewhat recent former player just uh, died in a motorcycle accident, Cedric yeah, Benson. Yeah, Cedric Benson, yeah. But, like, this guy was there. He was at training camp. He's there one day and he's gone, and you know that's really it's rough. I'm obviously for his family, but it's his football family there. So I, I saw there's a great picture of like Ben Roethlisberger, who I don't think is a great guy, but he had his his shoulder around Juju Smith, and you know that guy really took it hard. He was a rookie; that was his only you know wide receivers coach in the NFL, and just to have him you know suddenly you know be gone. Yeah. It is uh it is crazy how that just happens in life, you know. It's whether it's a it is a sudden heart attack that can happen at any moment. Even I mean, I've heard of people that are in great shape, eat healthy, great shape, and they dropped out of a heart attack. I mean, it's stuff like that can happen at any moment. And then it's like, and then also like a car crash. Like I was, you know, in a pretty decent car crash like back in April, and it's just like you're just driving, and I was just driving to meet up with a buddy of mine to have some, you know, Sunday fun day drinks, and then in an instant, it's like, oh shit, like things can changed pretty dramatically and you know it's just or like you know those people that are just shopping at walmart or wherever they're at going to school and they're just you know some crazy person comes in with a weapon and kills people so it's just like it's it could just it's so crazy how like with life you know you don't realize it until it's someone until it's someone very close to you or even if until you go through something that's life you know threatening that you're just kind of like oh shit like that stuff does happen and can happen so you know, it's hard to think about that perspective when it's like, you know, in your everyday life. But when you really take a step back and you can see things like how quickly things can change, it's pretty, pretty crazy. But uh, and, you know, me being a big Steelers fan, I that's obviously bumming news. But, you know, you just hope that maybe they do find a way to turn it into something good. And it does help them, you know, their season. But, you know, that's uh, obviously he's a good coach, you know, for the fact that they've had, that's been the one thing the Steelers have always had that it's good is wide receivers over the last few years. So he was obviously doing something right in his time there. Yeah. I think they'll make him proud. I think they're, yeah. And those guys are ready to, to go out there and try to prove themselves anyways. Yeah. Cause they're not favorites in the division. I actually saw something today that said the two teams, I'm going to let you have a guess here. There's two teams that I guess Caesar Sportsbook is saying, they're the two teams that the most money has been coming on them recently. One of the teams is nine to one odds, and one of them is ten to one. I'll just tell you that much. So, can you take a guess at who those two teams are? Uh, Super Bowl odds. Yeah, those are their Super Bowl odds, and those are the two teams that I guess the Caesar Sportsbook has said, are, like, are the two teams that most money has come on so far, that people are putting their money on them. I'm gonna go with Browns. Yes. And Colts. No, not the Colts. So the Browns were the ten to one team. I'll give you one more guess. For the nine to one team, see who uh, who you think it is. <laughs> this is a uh, pretty tough. I'm gonna go with the Eagles. No, but it is an NFC team, and surprisingly, it's the Bears. Okay, the Bears. Trubisky uh, doing anything? So I think that's what people are thinking. I think they're you know liking Tariq Cohen in another year. They think that defense will still be mean, and then it's gonna be Trubisky's third or fourth season. Second. <laughs> I think you know third, third, yeah, because I uh, yeah, he, he was definitely, not was definitely not his first year last year. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. I mean, that division I think is pretty decent outside of the Lions because the Vikings. A lot of people are kind of high on them, thinking if Kirk Cousins can come back and have a good year, and you get Dalvin Cook back, 
So that good defense, they have maybe the one, the maybe the best wide receiver duo. I mean, you could kind it's, of challenge it. What? Yeah, it's definitely in the top three, I would say, with Thielen and Diggs. Yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, I know Thielen's definitely one of those guys, especially if you're a fantasy guy, which we're actually going to get into here very soon. But uh, one of the quick things I wanted to talk about, because I've been watching some of the preseason games. Uh, one of the things I've enjoyed about preseason is the fact that teams just don't like the way that they do, the fact that they don't care so much makes them risk things more. And one thing I've noticed in preseason that I like a lot, cause you see it actually a lot in college games is teams going for it on like fourth and one or fourth and two at like their own 45. You know, it's like, it's, you're at around midfield. You only need a yard or two. And you're like, well, we're going to just go for it. If we don't get it, we'll hope our defense can stop them, but we trust our offense to get it. And you see that all the time in college, but you never see it in the NFL. And I'm just saying, I hope like, I know it's preseason, but I was thinking maybe in the future with this new, maybe in like years from now, when it's a new era of coaches, maybe we will see more aggressive play like that. You know, you already see like Sean McVay doing kind of gutsy stuff and whatnot. And he's a young coach. So you just kind of wonder if once all these old school coaches kind of go away, if you will start seeing more stuff like that. But the one thing I loved the most yesterday was in the Niners, not the Niners, I'm sorry, the Seahawks and Vikings game. The Vikings were up by one point. They score a touchdown to go up by seven. So the extra point would make them up by eight. And they decided to go for two to get up by nine, making it so a a two-point conversion or anything couldn't tie the game. And sure enough, they got it. And they ended up getting up by nine and then ended up winning that game, I think, by six. I think the Seahawks ended up getting a late field goal or something. But just kind of funny. I just like that aggressive call. And where in your head, you're like, okay, well, hey, if we miss this, we're still up a touchdown. But if we get this, they can't even tie it if they score so i like those aggressive play calls but uh another quick thing was uh tonight's game that's going on currently while we're airing is the denver broncos and san francisco 49ers and it's garoppolo's first game since the acl injury and he went one for six with zero yards and an interception so not the you almost wonder if there is a little in the back of his mind it's only preseason if he's a little nervous out there with, you know, the injury and stuff and whatnot. And just kind of, you know, I didn't get to watch the one for six. I just saw it. So I don't know if he looked like he was kind of jittery out there or throwing balls away or making bad decisions, but just interesting to see him back out there. And, you know, you hope that he can recover good from it. Cause it looked like he was going to be a stud. Hopefully he doesn't end up being one of those guys that had a good moment, got traded to a, team for a lot of money and then just was never able to perform for them we've seen that happen a few times with the quarterbacks well in the games he did play for the 49ers he had been pretty good yeah i think didn't he go like five and zero or something at the end of the yeah season he was traded in yeah um but yeah the reports that a practice had been pretty bad there was a story that he threw five consecutive interceptions <laughs> in a practice and it's like ah, that doesn't i mean you never know what those practices maybe he's practicing difficult throws i don't know but, yeah, that game experience doesn't look good but Yeah, either. it's just proving that there is something in the back of his head that's when he's out there, and it's unfortunately making him not do very well. So we'll see. Currently right now in that game, Broncos are up 9-3 to at halftime. But as we see in preseason, it matters about your depth. And I think the Niners have a little bit better quarterback depth because they have because Beathard and Mullins got the experience last year. So wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers come back in the second half and end up being able to win this game. But yeah, you Doesn't got a matter. first-hand look at that uh, yesterday where uh, Taysom Hill uh, yeah. came in and dominated the second half. Two days ago, yeah. In yeah, the Saints-Chargers game. Yeah, and uh, Easton Stick Andy, I don't <laughs> know about you, but I know you liked him a little bit, but I... <laughs> yeah. Cardell Jones looked the best out of the three quarterbacks on that day for the Chargers between Tyrod Taylor, Cardell Jones, and Easton Stick. <laughs> yeah, and aside from that uh, loss in the preseason, there's some other bad news for the Chargers. They uh, lost their star safety, Derwin James, rookie of the year last year, for uh, much of the season. They're saying three to four months, a stress fracture in the foot. Uh, this was an injury that kept Kevin Durant out for an entire year in Oklahoma City, like way back when. Uh, but they're pretty confident he'll come back fine. I mean, Durant did come back fine and be a great player still. Uh, just That was a long injury. So I think Chargers are hoping it's it is three it's four months at the most, which would 
mean he can come back December, last few games of the year, and hopefully the playoffs because they're they're looking to win a Super Bowl this year. They've got yeah a ton of good they're definitely going to so. be a a team up there to one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. So yeah, hopefully for them. And uh, I think now we're going to get into our final part of uh, our sports talk today, which is going to be a little bit of our our own little fantasy football preview. You know, we're not going to get too intense with it, but we will give you guys some picks we like and stuff because a lot of people uh, that are in fantasy football leagues should be uh, drafting here in the next week or two. I know I've got a couple drafts. I've actually got one this Saturday that's a live draft that I do that I've been doing with my dad and his buddies for since I was literally in like first or second grade. And they've been doing it themselves since like the late 80s, early 90s. So they've been doing it forever before fantasy football was even a really big thing. And then uh, I know my other draft I have is the day after Labor Day. on, So that would be September 3rd. And then my last one, September 4th. So And the season starts September 5th. So it's all mine are going to be very last uh, last minute. But uh, yeah, we'll just give you guys a little bit of the things we like. I'll let uh, Andy start off here. Yeah, so uh, we're looking at Matthew Barry from ESPN, his rankings here. And we're kind of just give you some of like, the, the top guys and like what we think of the rankings. Maybe some uh, sleepers, maybe some guys to try to avoid. So I'm going to start with, with, uh, with quarterbacks. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is number one, but here's the rest. The, uh, say, top ten. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, and finishing up at number 10, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh. So here's some notable guys outside that top 10. Drew Brees, always one of the uh, top fantasy quarterbacks, wasn't last year. And he's at number 12 here. Uh, we got Tom Brady, 22. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, he just... And also uh, I uh, see on here Garoppolo's down there also. He's at 21. So there's some uh, Tom Brady. And just because... These are, you know, Matthew Barry is the big fantasy football expert, and these are his rankings. But, I mean, Andy and I are confident enough in ourselves that we're experts also with sports knowledge. I mean, at the end of the day, who are these guys that make them? I mean, sure, they have a little bit of insight. I'm sure they're on the field. They're this and that. But they study it all day long. You know, that is actually their job, their day job, while we all have our own day job. So it's like not as much looking up. But I look at some of the things here, and I know this isn't a fantasy aspect, but I'm not very high on Lamar Jackson. I know he's only 16 on this, so it's not like he's very high up there. But I just think – I just don't think he's going to throw that well this year. Yeah, I think with him last year, he didn't actually throw a ton of picks. Yeah. And those rushing yards are big. So some other – And it's pretty crazy to think, that just really quickly, just after a year, everybody kind of was like, what the hell, when Baker Mayfield went number one. And then now he played, you know, did well when he played last year. And then here he is in his second year, and he's the number four fantasy quarterback already. I mean, that guy, he stays smart. That guy's potential to be, and I actually, a really good quarterback. And I like that he's married because I feel like the fact that he's a married man, kind of at least, I mean, I'm not saying when he's on the road, he's not going to go out and mess around, but I'm just saying I think it at least to the, for some part, it's not like he's an eligible bachelor out there going to be like surrounded by strippers every night and escorts and stuff like that it's going to be like he'll be a lot of times at home and he'll be put in check is what i'm getting at and i think that'll be good for him because it's clear he he likes to party i mean we all saw the video of him shotgunning a beer that he opened with his teeth on the jumbotron at the cleveland indians game and because of that i think the cleveland's become a quick fan favorite i mean people already loved it when they went and got odell beckham but they're just that team that you know reckless college people and just a lot of guys like, you know, they just seem like they're a guy's guy team. I mean, Baker Mayfield already said this year that the Saints are going to, I mean, not the Saints, the Browns are going to send it a lot this year. You know, that's the big thing where people say send it and they just go chug a beer or something or they do this and that. So they they go to like basically the public's, uh, you know, makes the public like them when they do stuff like that and they're just that flashy showtime type team. But I'll tell you, you get in that public too long, you're just, they're putting targets on themselves. There's going to be teams out there that are going to want to just like they did with Manziel when he was in the league. They're going to want to just take Bay, uh, Baker down and stuff and take the Browns down. And they have that first-year coach. I'm not, uh, I'm not very high on the Browns like a lot of people are. I'm sure they'll do well this year, but I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl or anything like that. 
Yeah, I think four is high. I think you're expecting a lot of rushing yards at that. If yeah. You think he's number four. And it's because, you know, obviously the weapons he has now with yeah. Odell Beckham being there. and I just don't see him in his second year running as much as he did. And then Carson Wentz at five scares me too because... He's hurt all the time. Yeah, he keeps having little problems. Um, Andrew Luck at 11. I know he's got injury problems, but he's consistently great when he's out there they must feel pretty good about Jameis winston having him head of russell wilson and philip rivers yeah Uh, and uh, josh allen that's gonna be one that you guys gotta watch yeah josh allen is like cam newton running the ball yeah you guys could steal josh allen probably late in your draft and that would be a great guy to get if you can grab josh allen like sixth seventh round possibly that's a it's a good guy to have and then you know even though he's not on the best team. I mean, you look at like Matt Stafford, he, because his team's always behind Matt Stafford has a lot of those games where he throws like 400 yards and in, in like a 38 to 27 losing effort or something like that. So, you know, there's a lot of good quarterbacks to get later on. I mean, at the end of the day, most of your leagues are only 10 to 12 teams usually. And there's 30 quarterbacks out there that are starting for teams. So, you can most people draft one quarterback and they don't even think about getting a second one till later. So there's always great quarterbacks you can snag deep in the rounds and you can get your receivers and running backs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it goes first. really deep. So it's like kind of strategy would be to kind of stay away from the top guys. Yeah. Um I'm even looking like Sam Darnold at twenty seven. The guy was the number three pick. I think he's still thought of to be gonna be a good player. You can see him you know, throwing almost 30 touchdowns in the second year or something. Um, Dak Prescott, if Zeke Elliott's going to be out, he'll be throwing more. Yeah, he gives you points on the ground. That's a guy we'd feel comfortable having. You know, and, some, and play the matchups. If you go and get two quarterbacks, you can go play the matchups. It does make a big difference facing a good, you know, pass defense versus a bad one. So, yeah. Um, is there any other uh, quarterbacks you do? No. You want to like, stay away from or you want to think is a great sleeper uh, there? Let's see. Stay away from. I mean, I like I already said, I guess, Lamar Jackson I'm not yeah. very high on. But uh, Kyler up there in top 10? Who? Oh, yeah, Kyler Murray. I mean, that's a big – I think that goes more so how your league is. If your league's one of those leagues where you rushing touchdowns or more points or – rushing attempts like i'm in a really bs league nobody does that yeah my leagues i'm not even gonna explain it it's so crazy but i would say i mean he's they're not gonna be they shouldn't be good this year and he's such a small guy that who knows like one big hit and he could be it could hurt so i wouldn't i definitely wouldn't jump the gun on kyler murray at eight i think that's a little crazy especially having him ahead of Goff after the year Goff just had and i don't see why Goff would slow down this season and uh yeah, Lamar Jackson, like I said, I mean, I'm just not high on him. I just, I know they're going to want to try to run a lot, but I mean, when they come across defenses that are going to be able to game plan for it and you're going to be down in games, you're going to be forcing him to have to throw the ball. And I don't think he's going to be that amazing. I don't even think he has that great of weapons anymore. So I'm not too big on that, but that's about it. I mean, all these other guys, I think, uh, I would not be in on Jared Goff as a top 10 guy there. His numbers really fell off when Cooper Cup got hurt. Yeah. And yeah, and he's and coming back, but he's still, he's coming back from injury. Yeah. So you don't know. And the freshest thing, and I think a lot of people's memory is that Super Bowl where he just looked awful. Yeah. Not a good end like of I'm season saying, for him. Like I'm saying, Jared Goff, not a bad quarterback. will probably have a solid year, but I agree. Not top 10. I would have had Andrew Luck ahead of him. I'd probably honestly have Russell Wilson ahead of him. I think Russell Wilson's going to do all right because he runs a lot too. And I think he's got a couple weapons I like, and we'll talk about that when we get to the receivers. But yeah, yeah. So for running backs, I think I'm going to do the top 20 here. Okay. Number one, Saquon Barkley. And then in order, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner at 10. So that's the top 10 there. So 11, Dalvin Cook, then Damian Williams of Kansas City. If you don't know who he is. I was just going to say, yeah, like that's. A, I was just about to say you should say Kansas City. Not a huge name. He uh, filled in for Kareem Hunt. But he's much. on a good offense, and a lot of times all you need to do is be on a good offense, yep. especially at a running back. And then Le'Veon Bell, on Johnson, 
of the Detroit Lions. He's actually, I think he's going to have the job to himself. Aaron Jones, Green Bay. Chris Carson, Seattle. Devontae Freeman, Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack, and then the last guy in the top 20, Melvin Gordon. And the reason he's only 20 is because he's currently in a holdout, and that explains why Ezekiel is number nine as well. Yeah. So yeah, If Elliott and Gordon weren't in holdouts, I think you would have them both in the top five. Top at five. Least. You would have Ezekiel maybe even number one at some places, but depending on your league also, but definitely top two or three probably top two but uh yeah with these running backs a lot of them it depends on the league you're in like if you're in a ppr league i like mccaffrey and camara a lot if you're in a league like yeah i mean these rankings are based on ppr okay so. then yeah so these are that's why those I top like, three or top four guys get tons of receptions yeah so i like those guys all a lot and then if you're in a league like i'm in with uh one of my leagues where i don't we don't do ppr but rushing touchdowns are 11 points and that's a significant wow. amount so those are the teams where you want your guys that do score touchdowns, you know, more than your guys that are just getting PPR stuff. So, I mean, that's when you really probably like your Todd Gurley's, David Johnson's, Saquon Barkley's, Ezekiel Elliott if he was playing Melvin Gordon. But what I find interesting here is in his top 10, number eight is the rookie from Oakland, yeah, Josh he, Jacobs. He doesn't have a lot of competition. He's and I the watched the game on Thursday that they played, and I was a little impressed. He moves his feet very well. And he finds those holes and stuff, and uh, and I think he'll be good. I mean, Joe Mixon, I'm not very high on just because I don't think Cincinnati is going to be good at all. And I've, I just don't like taking running backs on bad teams. I've just done it too many times before in the past. And just sometimes it's just tough, you know. In his defense, Joe Mixon led the AFC in rushing. You probably didn't know that. No, I didn't. Because I found out that last week, I think. I did not know that, but even still. It's hard to sometimes have those back-to-back really great years unless you're an elite, elite running back. And I just don't see it. I mean, here I am, though. If I was 12th pick in my league or something like that and he was available, then, yeah, I'd probably jump on him because you're going to want a good running back, and I'm sure he'll do good. But I'm saying I don't take him. like when I, If I'm in the top five pick in my, one of my leagues, he's not one of like the first guys I'm looking at. And the drafts will be very interesting this year, especially if Elliott and – Gordon aren't on a team yet because uh, we actually should have talked about what happened with Ezekiel Elliott. That was kind of some news today. So I'll say it really quickly is that uh, apparently after one of the Dallas game on, uh, I think they played Saturday or something. He, uh, they talked about one of their running backs that's actually doing really well Pollard or something like that. And uh, he, uh, when the, one of the reporters asked him like, Oh, Tony Pollard's doing good. Like, what about like, like what's going on with Zeke or whatever. And he replied with like Zeke who, and then kind of laughed and was letting them know like to the camera, like, ah, it's just a joke. We're just having fun. But, uh, two people weren't laughing about that. And one of them was Ezekiel Elliott and the other one was his agent. And they said they did not find it funny. And it's just one of those things where I think Cowboys fans and then fantasy players have to start really getting to a real spot, uh, thought that he might not be playing for Dallas this year. And if it's a Le'Veon Bell situation, like last year, he might not be playing at all this year. And that's like something, I mean, I don't know the Charger detail with Gordon as as well, but I will say that Ezekiel Elliott stuff, I think is, could be a real, real thing. And I mean, I, I think I said that a couple weeks ago also, but now I'm really saying that uh could be scary. I mean, I made the mistake last year. I got Le'Veon Bell third overall in one of my leagues and that completely fucked me. So I can already tell you right now that unless one of those guys is on a team, I am staying away from both because just because I was hurt last year. It's like they say, Andy, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And that would be a shame on me if I got yeah, fooled two years in a row. There's a good chance we'll know more about these before, I mean, unless you're having your draft tomorrow. Uh, I mean, there could be news any day now with any of these guys. Also, um, uh, just really quickly, uh, the second half did start in that Denver Niners game, and immediately the Niners went down the field and scored a touchdown. So... It's the go. depth of the preseason quarterbacks. All right. So for me, looking in that top 20 running backs there, two guys stand out to me as uh, guys I think are better than where they're ranked. Le'Veon Bell, 13. I'm still a believer in that guy's talent. I, I am as well. And I don't have any bitter feelings against Le'Veon Bell like I do Antonio Brown being a Steelers fan. 
because uh, Le'Veon Bell left not in a bad way. He left because the Steelers didn't want to give him what he honestly deserved. And because of that, he's, you know, stood his ground and stood by what he believed in and good for him that he'll get to play for a team this year that does believe in him and did give him what he wanted. And, uh, you know, I wish nothing but the best for him. I have a Le'Veon Bell Steelers Jersey and will I wear it out in public? Probably not because I have two Troy Polamalu <laughs> ones that I still, that are my go-tos, but I don't look at it and like, oh, I hate this Jersey. Like I would, if I had an Antonio Brown one. And then at 17, Devonte Freeman, who, what this time last year was going number one overall in some places. Yeah, sometimes uh, some people out there we know would accidentally got uh, Deontay Dante Foreman. De- Dante Foreman or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, Tevin Coleman's no longer in Atlanta, so he'll have uh, less of a uh, you know split job. And I think the guy just does a lot of things. Good receiver, and that, that offense is really really good. So he can get some. Yeah, and this is gonna be his first time in a while. Uh, Tevin Coleman's gone. I think you just said that, yep. right? No, no, but what I'm getting at is just that with him gone, it's his first time in a while because Coleman would steal a lot of the goal line stuff. And I know they have that other guy on their team that did pretty well last year at times, Ito Smith. Yeah. And uh, But I still think Everyone now has is, two running yeah, backs. I mean, we, we talked about it before how the single running back days are basically coming to an end. Running backs' carries per season have decreased year by year. They talked about how last year there was only one running back that had – 10 plus games of at least 15 carries. So it's just something that's changing. So, you know. Yeah. And then, as far as guys who I would uh, be afraid of, obviously, Todd Gurley, we don't know what's going on with his health. Yeah. Uh, he was He's great last year it. for the first 13 games, and then we don't really know what happened. Um, Leonard Fournette at 18 seems kind of like. Yeah. Be interested, I was just going to say. And I, is that team going to be horrible or good? And I'm also not too sold on Marlon Mack either because I know he's a solid running back, but if Andrew Luck is still kind of like, what's he going to be able to do? Is he ever going to have that one healthy season again? And then also, it seems to me like the Colts for the last couple of years have, have also been one of those teams that really do like the running back by committee type thing. They always seem to have a couple running backs that each get a few, like a handful of carries per game. So it's just kind of like not too uh, big on it, but one of these ones down here that I'm looking at that you just wonder if, uh, you know, maybe people just don't believe in him. They got Philip Lindsay. I like him, but I think Denver really likes Royce Freeman as well, which last year Royce Freeman was the pick. That's who people went with as kind of the sleeper. Yeah. And Philip Lindsay ended up having a, a far superior year, but, you know, Royce Freeman was drafted and Lindsay wasn't. So they might be uh, closer this year. Um, 22, Sony Michelle. That one's interesting to me because he really became the lead back for New England in the, in the playoffs. He got a ton of carries. He just doesn't do anything in the receiving game. But the Patriots, I think, are transitioning into this run-heavy team that he could be a guy that could get 15 carries a game, you know, every game. So, I don't know what that... I said he's not going to give you much in the receiving game, but yeah, I think he could still be good. And then... Miles Sanders, Philadelphia. He's going to be their lead back. Uh, there's always like three of these guys who they're a rookie and they end up being the top, end up being the number one running back, and you kind of don't know. But then where's he from again? I forgot. Oh, oh, look, I got it right here. Penn State. Okay, yeah. So he was one of those backup guys to Barkley. But then I guess he would have been the main guy last year. So the problem with taking one of those guys is that it seems like a lot of those guys don't work out. Like Royce Freeman, who was the hot pick, and Philip Lindsay ended up taking the job from him and being the number one guy. But that's a guy worth using a pick on because right now he's number one on that depth chart. So Yeah, no, definitely. And that's probably a guy that if a lot of people don't know about him, you could snag later on. Because a lot of people, the average fantasy football go where I should say, like, I know, like, most of my friends, at least like 10 out of the 14 in one of my leagues, they like a lot of, I would say they like familiar names. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are afraid of guys that they've never heard of before. A lot of people just like to go with their same guy, especially in my dad's league with a lot of these older guys. They just go by name. They don't even know any of these. Maybe two or three of these guys do, but most of them don't even know these new guys and stuff and wouldn't even be able to like 
know who they are. But uh, one thing that's also interesting down here, just a couple more really quick, is number 37, Austin Eckler. That's your guy. You know, especially yeah. if Gordon's, you know, I don't know what's going on there, but he could, even if Gordon is playing, he gets a lot of touches. And then Tarek Cohen, all the way down to 39. He was a big part of the Bears offense last year. So it's kind of interesting that he's already, that he's almost on the top, uh, that he's already, that he's almost number 40 on this. Yeah, and they uh, traded Jordan Howard. So that's interesting that uh, he would be so far down there, but he's just not a a lead back type. He'll get catches, and you really have to hope he's going to have some big games receiving. But at 39, I don't think it's that big of a risk. No. And... But really, with a lot of these running backs, you just got to pay attention to. There's going to be three or four guys who come out of nowhere. There's always the um, James Conner from last year. Yeah. Where yeah, so pay attention to the holdouts, that kind of stuff. Pay attention to injuries and see like depth chart. Uh, Kareem Hunt last year or two two years ago was a, a name that came up at the end. Like they think this guy's going to win the job, and he ended up being one of the best fantasy guys. So, so there are those like rookies that come out of nowhere. Yeah, no, there definitely is. So we'll have to see who these rookies are. Every year ends up being it, even when it doesn't seem like it will be. But uh, shall we move on to the wide receivers? Yeah, I think we're going to do the top 20 for these, too. There's just so many wide receivers out there. Yeah. Um, number one, surprisingly, for this is Matthew Barry's rankings, not yes, ours. Yes. Devontae Adams. Then it goes DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Keenan Allen rounding out the top 10. Which I think that is the top 10. I think my only thing is I would put maybe Thielen in there instead of Tyreek Hill if I had to swap one person not in the top 10 for, for moral reasons. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then starting at 11, Julian Edelman. Then we got Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Chris Godwin, Brandon Cooks, and Kenny Galladay at number 20. Very interesting. Yeah. So I'm I, surprised that Michael Thomas is five and not one. Yeah. And I, uh, Devonta Adams, so weird because it's like, I know he's a great receiver. He's got Aaron Rodgers, but for whatever reason, something about him I just have never really loved. And I don't know why. I know he catches touchdowns. I know he's good. But it's like DeAndre Hopkins, obviously I like more. I like Michael Thomas more, like Juju more. And then I would probably say then Devontae Adams and then maybe Julio because Odell Beckham, I'm not sold on him top three. I'm sure he will come out and do well, but I'm still like Baker Mayfield. I know he'll be good, but I just think there's going to be a lot of pressure. I mean, I just think the Browns are going to be a targeted team this year. I think when teams play the Browns, they're going to want to really bring it against them because they've become kind of this little Hollywood type team with they're always on Instagram stuff, making headlines, whether it's Odell or you know, Baker Mayfield and stuff. And I think teams look at that and they just want to go after him. So I don't, I, he wouldn't be, I would definitely pick Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Adams probably before I would take Odell and Juju. And like I was saying for those top 10, I mean, Tyreek Hill at seven, I think is just still a little high. I mean, I know he's, it's because it's the big play, you know, and he's going to be playing this year. They dropped the whole stuff with him and with the child abuse and stuff like that. But uh, I just think Adam Thielen, man, he just gets, a lot of catches, but I know a lot of these receivers, it's just based off of certain wide receivers, maybe that were on the team last year that are gone or certain players. And then who your quarterback is like, I think the reason Edelman is high is because Gronk's gone. So Edelman now becomes the clear favorite for Brady to throw to I mean, Edelman's one of those guys that'll get 10 catches a game for 77 yards or something like that. Yeah. And especially Brady being a little older, I think there's going to be a lot more dump throws this year out of him compared to years past. Maybe. What do you think? I think uh, Edelman will not be the 11th best wide receiver, but I think it's a high floor. So you know he's going to get catches. You know he's not going to be shut out of the offense. He's just not, not going to get you 10 TDs or anything like that. So it's kind of like a, a low-risk pick, but not a lot of reward there. Uh, Antonio Brown at number nine is really interesting because this is a guy who's always up there. As I said, for the last five years, he's led the league in uh, fantasy scoring for wide receivers. He's kind of a mess right now. He's definitely on a worse team. But the guy produces. So I I think he's worth the risk. 
I mean, we, I'm assuming he's going to play. This helmet stuff is bullshit. Oh, no, he'll, he'll 100% play. And so if he'll play, he'll want his catches. He'll get, he'll get his. And then, uh, Brandon Cooks at, I'm surprised he's the third of the Rams receivers. I know Cooper Cup was like, that's the reliable target, but I said he's coming back from an ACL injury. I think Robert Woods ended up being their leading receiver. But I think Brandon Cooks is still the best guy of that three. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Rams, they have some uh, some definite weapons. I mean, I think we forget how much depth they have because I honestly forgot they even had Brandon Cooks. you got Cooks, Woods, and Cup, so it'll be a good little, uh, little three-headed monster there again. But uh, And I would stay away from Tyreek Hill, not, because, not just because I think he's not going to have nearly as many receptions, but just, you don't want that guy on your team. Yeah, you don't want that also, guy also, it's like, you know, I, I say this a lot, and I mean, I, it's because I'm a betting guy, so I always look a lot of things outside the box. A lot of players, regardless if he was found guilty or not, a lot of players are going to remember that kind of stuff, though. And when they go and play him, they're going to want to play him a little tougher and a little extra. But uh, one of the guys I like and that you could easily get late, late in the rounds, trying to see where he even is on this list. Maybe I passed him. But uh, hold on, I like uh, that uh, Metcalf a lot from Seattle. I don't even Matthew Barry doesn't even have him. He has a number seventy four on here, but I think he could be good, like a sleeper sleeper. Like obviously, you know, you're not getting him early, but I mean, if he's around, like when you're trying to close out your like your you know you got your four wide receivers, you're looking for maybe a fifth or something, a fourth even whatever it may be. And you're trying to get those bench guys. Like Metcalf is a guy that could be good because uh, Russell Wilson, I think, likes throwing to him. And they, he's a freak athlete. They showed his like, just his like size yesterday, and he has 1.9 percent body fat, which I don't even know is healthy. But <laughs> yeah, that seems too low. I don't know. And so, but they showed it on the screen. <laughs> they showed it on the during the game yesterday, and it was in clear letters. They said he's like you know six whatever however many pounds and 1.9 percent body fat and that's just insane to me as a freak like what even is that he's never even had a cheese it i bet yeah that's like uh that sucks what they did to uh was a uh, marinovich or whatever yeah not how his dad it, was yeah. how his dad groomed him up never let him have any sort of sweets or candy or a definitely no burger. trolley yeah that guy never even had a burger until he was like in college or something or ever even i don't know but uh, he's just one of those guys I kind of like because I still think Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. Doug Baldwin's gone. So that's definitely one of the sleepers. And, uh, yeah. I think... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting names. I think wide receiver is always one of the, the most fun positions to draft because there's just so much. Yeah. But then you always get disappointed when that sleeper you thought was going to be great ends up being on the bench the whole year. But uh, Tyler Boyd at 21... AJ Green is going to miss at least a couple games. He uh, really came on last year for the Bengals when AJ Green was out. So I think he'll be a, a top producer. Mike Williams of the Chargers. He's their clear cut number two now. Guy's a massive target. Yeah. He could catch a lot of touchdowns. He caught a lot of touchdowns without a lot of targets last year, and he'll get more this year. Uh, DD Westbrook, the number one in Jacksonville. They have a better quarterback situation than they did last year with Nick Foles. I think he's uh, a guy who they might target a lot. Uh, Christian Kirk with the Cardinals. He's their number one receiver right now. And I think that uh, new Cliff Kingsbury offense will be high pace. And he can get a lot of like little dump-off catches. Calvin Ridley in Atlanta, who had a pretty good rookie year. He's their number two now. And I think Julio Jones is going to start to decline. Still be amazing, but I don't think he is as you know, he's not as much of a number one as he was, yeah, a couple years ago. I mean, he's still one of the best, he's number four here, I think, on these rankings, yeah. And I'm not afraid to draft him there, but I think it's like the difference between him and the number two is not as big as it had been in the past, so I like him. And then I don't know of anything real deep that. Yeah, I mean, we always D- like Kiki Cootie just for the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a. Uh, it's a lot of good uh, receivers get out there and stuff, and then obviously, like we always know, injuries always happen, and uh, then you know, that sometimes gives 
certain receivers a better uh, chance to shine and whatnot. Yeah, you gotta you gotta pay attention. You see what uh, the depth charts are released before week one. See who some of these guys are, where they're gonna be. But yeah. All right. Well, All right. is we got, that gonna pretty much wrap it up? We got tight ends, which are quick because there's only like three. All right. I didn't know you want to talk tight ends, but we can do it. So Travis Kelsey's number one, George Kittle two, Zach Ertz three. That makes perfect sense. They they were all three like amazing last year. It's a clear cut top three. I don't yeah. know how how high you're willing to go to draft one of these three to get one of these three because there's other. And that is going to be the there. thing is I know there's some things that I'm sure there's going to be people out there that are going to try to get it like a George Kittle before maybe even like a Julian Edelman and stuff like that. And the same with Travis Kelsey and Ertz because those are three guys that just get a lot of action. But honestly, after that, it's almost like you can wait a while. I mean, like maybe you just try to steal someone later. Like I know with me with drafting, I've never in any of my teams ever had a top, top tight end other than maybe Gronk one year. I've just never been someone that has jumped the gun on getting tight ends or whatnot but no, i like to target kind of the, the mid-tier guys but i got burned last year but. yeah and i mean so one of the, and the tight end position is always my weakest so i mean i might have to do one of those things this year where maybe i do try to grab a tight end early but i mean these three guys are going to be gone by after the second round yeah i mean i don't think either of these guys are gonna be hanging around in the third round and then after that it's like evan ingram i don't like just because eli manning well he burned me last year but but uh, i mean hunter henry's coming back but I think Jared Cook, you know, in that New Orleans offense, you never know. I know we talked about that a little bit the other day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, tight ends, I'm, that's not where I am an expert. I will tell you that right now. Yeah. I have never been good at drafting tight ends. I just think it's – I've always just kind of weirdly stayed away from them. I don't I think, know think uh, Najoku in Cleveland is interesting because that offense is going to be better. Yeah. He, I, he hasn't done a whole lot. Yeah, he's definitely higher than 13, I think. I think that's a little low for him. I think Cleveland's in a want to use him a decent amount i think a deep sleeper would be will disley russell wilson likes weird tight ends like that so but the problem is he might not be the guy he ends up throwing to in the end but he's uh there at 22 on the uh, matthew berry rankings and then we're not going to talk about kickers and defense because that's just random shit who really knows no one no i know yeah kickers and defense you just get him at the end. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can say. Don't jump the gun and be one of those people that fourth round, you're like, I'm going to get the Bears defense, and that's going to be what does it for me. It's like, no, you can get great defenses later on. You know, maybe after you've gotten your quarterback, your four receivers, a tight end, your three running backs, then maybe you go and you fi- get yourself like the number five or six defense. But No, just wait until the end, see what falls to you. Because really, I mean, with a lot of defenses, you want to just play the matchups, so. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that will uh, pretty much wrap up yeah. our sports Fantasy. podcast. Fantasy and a half. You've been listening to episode 130 of the Tony's Take podcast. I'm Sean and joined with when we had Off-Road Andy. Yeah. Thank Antonio, you. And Tony Katz. Yes, yes, yes. Make sure you hit that subscribe and check out our entertainment pod. We'll see you later.